Check, check, check.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. Won't you join us as we worship this evening? If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. And you got pain. He's a pain taker. And you feel lost. He's a way maker. And you need freedom for saving. He's a prison shaking savior. You got chains. He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn down in the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker. Somebody testify If you believe it You receive it You can feel it Somebody testify, testify Breath, you breathe your life in me. 
Still you give yourself away. Oh. 
All right. Am I coming through now? All right. Y'all hear me pretty good? Okay. All right. Um, before I get started, <clears throat> I was reminded, uh, was informed earlier um, that Miss Claire, um, <clears throat> that she had um, another fall. That me, and um, that she is going to need uh, the help of uh, the ladies in the women's ministry to help her. Um, so I'm sharing that. I'll try to get some more details, but you got me straight, dummy. Before we get started, anybody got anything they'd like to share? <clears throat> All right, not everybody at one time, just. <clears throat> so, uh, before I begin, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Dear Father, we just uh, thank you tonight for allowing us to be gathered here in your house, Lord. Uh, Father, we are so ever mindful of how good you are and how without you we would not be, Lord. Father, we just come before you humbly yet boldly just to say thank you. Lord, you've been so good to us and we acknowledge that tonight. Father, we ask you to bless the pastor and his family, uh, keep and cover them, Lord. Father God, again, we just ask you to bless the church, Lord God, that she rise to, the, to be the bride that you called her to be, Lord. And Father, help us, Lord, be at one with one another, loving one another, caring for one another, and doing all those things you've called us to do, Lord. Help us to do it in your strength and not our own. And Father God, we uplift all those who are sick and shut in, Lord, tonight. And just asking a blessing upon their households. And Father God, we just honor you tonight and bless you. Bless our time together. Illuminate this word in our hearts that we may draw closer to you. And again, Lord, we just uh, give you praise tonight in your son's name. Amen. All right. So um, <clears throat> tonight, guys, Most Wednesday, most times I've ever been called to uh, do Wednesday night, I do like a Bible study. Like, I intentionally don't try to preach. Um, but tonight might be the closest that I ever get to that on a Wednesday night. Um, I just felt like the Lord had laid something on my heart to share. And uh, I want to be obedient to that. So... <clears throat> um, if I had a title to tonight's message, um, 
it would be called a spiritual upgrade. A spiritual upgrade. And um, <clears throat> some of the things that I um, that I wanted to cover is church, we're we're in need of a spiritual upgrade. Like um, we need uh, to have our spiritual standing with each other, with the Lord, uh, to be greater. And, you know, first thing I like to ask is, what is an upgrade? So y'all know how I am. I'm like interactive. Don't, I'll call you out too. I don't want to do that. I really won't. But um, So when we say, when you think of an upgrade, right, what do you, what do you think about? Something better, right? So like, uh, and you go get a rental car and you're going to get like the little Prius and, um, and they say, Ian, would you like to, to drive to Tahoe? All right. And guys, y'all know what makes upgrades like really good is when you don't have to pay for them. You know what I'm saying? Like how many times have you gone to like uh, your cell phone screen was busted? So you go just there. You just go in there to get the screen repaired. Like you know you, what they say, y'all? You know what? You're eligible for what? An upgrade. All right. All right. And, and then you be like, well, man, and like, look, you would look really good with this phone on your hip. You know the ones that are like this size now? Like, it would, <laughs> it would look good. You would like look good with this phone. You'd be like, and what do we ask? We say, they'd be like, it won't affect the plan. We'll, we'll make it affordable. You know, we, it's just $30 a month. It's just $10 more what you're paying now. So uh, we really like the upgrades where we don't have to pay anything extra for them. Okay? Um, and, we, and we upgrade lots of things, right? We upgrade... Um, we upgrade our cars. Um, we we upgrade um, our. You know, you go get a. Um, you start at McDonald's or something. And you say, "I'll have a number one." What they ask you? You want to upsize that thing? Just fifty cent, right? Just trying to always. We and we and we do these things, right? We 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 enlarge. We upgrade all the time. Um, you going on the vacation package, right? We upgrade there. It's like, hey, you can stay in this hotel, but guess what? We got a little deal for you. You can stay here, all right, for the same price. So we love upgrades, and we particularly love upgrading um, when they don't cost us anything extra. Guys, I got some good news. Who paid the cost for our salvation? Come on now. Say it again. Who did that? He did that. He did that. So he paid the price. For our salvation, we basically agreed with him that we were sinners in need of a Savior. We said yes. But guys, guess what we we didn't get to do? We then, for the most part, get to determine at what level we're going to live this life. Okay, I'll keep going. Y'all didn't get on board then. Okay. Um, So my, my question for you tonight is, if we're going to be... Christians, what type of Christian experience are we going to have? And what prevents us from it being a great one? So I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer. Just want to think about it. When you got up this morning, how many of you said today is going to be great? <laughs> I mean, when you, you got to bed. And that old back of yours did its thing. 
How many of you said, today is going to be great? So the first thing that starts is our own expectation of ourselves. You know what's interesting? As human beings, we have high expectations of other people. Oh, she's not going to talk to me like that. Oh, no, 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 no. She's not going to charge me double. No, the hotel. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. We, and we didn't use it either. No. We, we always talk about what people are not going to do to us and how things are not going to happen. You know, uh, I was coming from the store that, y'all, I'm telling you, I looked down for just a second. The light was red. Then I heard, I'm like, what? It just, I mean, it just went green. Like, it, it literally, it had just went green. That person wasn't waiting. It's all good. It's all good. But we, we always have expectations. Of, but you know you're going to be in front one day, right? While you're blowing the horn, you know you're going to be that person in front, right? right? So we have expectations of, of other people. And, um, <clears throat> but the question that I have is, um, are we living our lives in the fullness of Christ? Are we living our lives in the fullness of Christ? So let's go to, um, to the book of Ruth. And while you guys are looking at it, we're going to be in Ruth chapter 1, starting at verse 1. And y'all know me, I like to look up definitions, so while you're looking for that, I looked up what being said, an upgrade was. It says, an upgrade is a raise to a higher standard, in particular to improve by adding or replacing components. Okay, so that's a little background. So we're in Ruth chapter 1. Begin the first chapter, first verse. Let me get the King James here. And it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was in Limelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion. Ephraphites of Bethlehem of Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And in Limelech, Naomi's husband died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters in the law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. So why was Naomi leaving? There was a famine in the land, and what did she ha- what had she heard? That the Lord had visited his people. Okay, keep that in mind. <clears throat> had visited his people and given them bread. Verse 7. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. 
And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord dealt kindly with you as ye have dealt with me, the dead, and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons. Last one for right now. Would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Let's hold here for a minute. What's going on with Naomi? What does she sound like? She kind of sounds disappointed, doesn't she? You know what her name means? Pleasantness. Her name means pleasantness. Um, so what we get a picture of here is that there's a famine in the land. Uh, and on top of that, Naomi's husband dies. That's a bad thing. Then what happens? She loses her two sons. Okay? Another bad thing. All right? Um, but keep in mind, she said it. the Bible tells her that Naomi hears that there's a um, that the Lord. Not only is there food in the land, but the Lord has remembered His people and has visited them. Okay, um, but here the daughter-in-laws want to stay with her, and as you know the story, uh, Oprah leaves and Ruth stays. Okay, um, <clears throat> so let's skip down um, same chapter verses 19 and 21. Says, so they went, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is that Naomi? Verse 20. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty have dealt very bitterly with me. 21. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? And the Almighty hath afflicted me. Does she sound very pleasant? <laughs> sound like she's harboring a little bit of bitterness, right? Um, <clears throat> so, guys, Tommy, you got that thing ready for me? Okay. So, um, guys, one of the points that I'm making here tonight, and, and I'm going to finish this, is that one of the reasons that we don't reach the fullness of God as found in, in, is in Colossians 1 and 28 is because we settle. We just settle. We just go through life and we already predetermined because of some things that happened to us how our life is going to go so we just settle. I heard a man say it like this. <clears throat> he said a rut is a coffin with the sides kicked out. We settle. And, and there's an old, I'm, I'm going to show this to you. This is, this is funny to me. So, Tommy, I want you to show um, 
this clip for me. It's, it's not that long. Whoa. Father, why can't we have direct TV like the McGregors do? We're settlers, son. We settle for things, like having cable instead of direct TV. Hey, Jebediah, how's it going? Working the land, hoping for a fertile spring. All right. So <laughs> we have to live with lower customer satisfaction? I'm afraid so. Now, go churn us some butter, boy, and then make your own clothes. Yes, sir. Don't be a settler. Yeah. Get rid of cable and upgrade to direct TV. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV. Dear, why don't we switch to DirecTV? Now, Mother, we are settlers. I've settled for cable all my life. But DirecTV has been number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 15 years. We find our satisfaction elsewhere. The boy has his stick and hoop, the girl, her faceless doll, <laughs> and you have your cabbages. And you have your foot stomping. I sure do. Don't be a settler. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Dear, if we had DirecTV, we could put TVs anywhere without looking at cable wires and boxes in every room. Mother, we are settlers. We settle for cable and the simpler things in life. Like our drab clothing. That's right, daughter. And homemade haircuts. Exactly, boy. Besides, if it weren't for wires, how would cousin Tobias get his privacy? Hey, show the blanket. I need my privacy. <laughs> Don't be a settler. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. I think there's one more. Ah, greetings, neighbor. Neighbor boy. Yeah, so we're just bringing your son home. He really loves our wireless DirecTV receiver. <laughs> he should know better. We're settlers. We settle for cable. But let us repay you for your troubles. Fresh milk for the journey home. We live right there. Salted <laughs> meats. No, thank you. That's that. Don't be a settler. Get a hundred dollar reward card when you switch to DirecTV. Guys, how often do we live our life settling? The Bible says we have not. Why? Because we ask not. Is that right? You know what we turn that into? We have not because God give not. We're, we're always trying to put the blame on somebody else for our situation and our circumstance. You ever heard somebody say something like this? Man, the system is crooked. The system is unfair. You know what I ask those people? Why are you in it? If you know all this ahead of time, why are you in the system if you know all these things about it? We're always looking to blame somebody else. Guys, we're, we're, in many ways, we like those settlers. We could have direct TV. We want cable. Man, we could have the fullness of the Lord. We, we could have all the things that, that God has intended for us, but what do we do? We settle. I want to show you something here. Naomi. What's, what's, what's happened to Naomi? Man, she's hurt. She's hurt. She lost. She was in a famine. She, she was in a famine. Okay, I got my family. Then she lost her husband. Then she lost her sons. And she got these two clingy daughter-in-laws that don't want to go anywhere. And she wanted to feel sorry for herself. She's like, y'all go ahead so I can basically feel sorry for myself. God, did y'all notice? Look, what happened? Um, go back up one. What happened when Ruth and Naomi, one more. What happened when Ruth and Naomi came to town? One more time, I'm sorry. It's 19. My bad. What happened when they came to town? So Ruth and Amy show up in town. What do they say? Not the one. What do they say? 
Is that you, pleasantness? That's how they know Naomi. They, didn't, they don't know that all these things have happened to her like that. Their memory is of her name. Like, like hey, everybody look, Naomi back. Like, Naomi back. Guys, I want y'all to know, Naomi was highly favored the whole time. This story is about Ruth, but it's a lot about Naomi. They're excited. Look, look, guys, it says, and all, all in the city was moved. Like, they were excited that they came back, okay? Now I want you to notice something. So I wanna, we're going to go to verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, same book. Chapter 4, 11 through 16. And just for those who don't know uh, the account, so <clears throat> Ruth ends up marrying Boaz, right? Boaz has his field, and Ruth goes out and gleans it. She becomes close to Boaz. She ends up... Uh, uh, marrying him after Naomi's instruction. Naomi gave her specific instructions on how to get close to Boaz. So Boaz uh, accepts Ruth as his wife. Um, <clears throat> guys, l- listen now. Let me, let me say that again. Y'all listen to me. So Ruth marries Boaz and has a child, right? Look how the Bible describes that. <clears throat> and all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that has come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto who? Blessed be the Lord, which has not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto who? Thee. Who's thee? Naomi a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than the seven sons have bore him. And Naomi, and who took the child? Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. Good gracious. What was Naomi's issue the whole time? What, what she think was going to happen? Back when the famine and a husband died and a son died, what was she afraid of? That she would have no more lineage, right? See, Boaz was, was their kinfolk. She was, if you go back and look at it, Naomi was disappointed that she was no longer mother. When she lost her husband, she's like, I, I miss him a little bit. My sons, oh my goodness. My children, oh my goodness. She was missing being a mother. God was working this thing out the whole time behind the scenes, though. We could have read a lot more great things about Naomi had she just believed in Naomi. She was highly favored the whole time. But she wasn't walking in it because she didn't believe it. 
The people said Naomi. They didn't even mention Ruth and it's Ruth's baby. Naomi became the mother. The thing that she wanted from God in the beginning. Guys, we're settling. We're settling. And one of the reasons that we settle is because we got past hurts and we allowed them to shape our attitude. There was, a, there was an elderly couple. They had been married like 50-some years in. They weren't getting along, though. And, and, and the wife came to the husband. She said, look, will you please at least let us go to go see a doctor about what we got going on? He said, sure, I'll do that. So they went to the doctor's office, and he said, he told the husband, he said, um, I want to sit down with you both individually so I can understand what's going on. So... <clears throat> He brought the man in, and the man kind of described the situation, what was going on, why he was feeling the doctor. Mm-hmm, 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 brought the woman in. She explains what was going on with her. The doctor said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Brought them both in. So the doctor approached the, the wife. He grabbed on the back of the head. He slung her head back, and he slobbed her down right in front of the husband. And after he got done, he looked at the husband. He said, now she's going to need that two times a week. The old man looked around. He said, well, I bring her up here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We, we settle. Life can be as great as we want it to be. Why are we allowing other people? I thought it was better than that, but it was really good. I still left it. But <laughs> why, do, why do we settle? Why do we settle? Guys, I want you to think about the, 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 the relationship you got in your life. How do you want them to be? Should everything just be okay? Why put your food on the table like it's a prison chamber? <laughs> For real? Like, why can't it be great? It starts with our own attitude. It starts with how we feel about ourselves. The Bible says, humble yourself, therefore, before the Lord, and he will exalt you in due time. God doesn't have a problem with you being exalted. He just has a problem with you doing it. God doesn't have a problem in with us being lifted up. We got a choice. When you go to the mall and you want to go from the first level to the second level, what choice you got? Stairs. Okay. What else? Escalator, elevator. Right? And you can take the stairs. What do most people do? Take the escalator. Why is that? It's easier. It's less what? Work. You get to the same place, but that's the way God is with our life. You can take the stairs. It's about you. You're going to run out of gas and run out of energy. God said, let me be the escalator. Let me do the heavy work while you rest. Spend more time with me. We're talking about upgrades. We're talking about how can we live this life better. We don't have to settle. We don't have to just go through the motions, okay? I want you all to think about this. Remember in Numbers when Joshua and Caleb... And, they, and 
Moses uh, sent them out, and the group came back with the report. And, and Tim said, yo, them giants was as grasshoppers. I mean, they were as giants, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. That's how they saw themselves. Listen, you want other people to believe you, love you, talk to you, like they love you, but just okay for you to talk negative about yourself. First time you hear somebody saying something bad about you, you on the phone, what's their number? That's their number. I need to talk. But you mumble about yourself all day long, negative things. 70% of our conversations about ourselves are negative. Imagine if we can just make that 50-50. It starts with how you see yourself. Guys, let me ask you all a question. Why would anybody want to come to church here? And I'm just using here, like church in general. Like, there should be something that only happens in church that we can't get anywhere else. But if you're not excited about going, why would your coworker who not say be excited? Man, what if people look at us and they make that determination about what church is like, what being a Christian is like, what are they seeing? It's like the pastor said uh, on Sunday. What faith are we leaving? Like, if, if, if our children had to live out of faith, like, what would it be like? We don't have to settle, guys. We, 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 can, we can upgrade in this life. Like, we can, it can be lifted up higher. So what are the things we can do? Guys, can I, can I just share something with y'all? Let me tell you something. The devil don't care about you reading the Bible in a year. He don't care about that. He don't care that we're here tonight. He don't care that we meet on Sunday mornings. He don't care that you know the word of God. Doesn't bother him. He don't care that you pray. That don't bother him. You know what gets him quaking in his boots, though? When you start believing what you read. And you start applying what you read. And you start believing what you read. Let me ask you a question. And again, no hands. I want you to think about Whatever you're praying for right now, when you get done with that prayer, do you see it as already being as you prayed it? Oh, come on now. Come on now. Or you still got some doubts lingering around. And guys, I want you all to know something. Do you all know the difference between unbelief and doubt? There's a big difference. You can, uh, you can only doubt something that you already believe in. Unbelief is when you don't believe that thing at all. The Pharisees and the Sadducees did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They wouldn't, would not accept that as a premise. See, you, you have doubts, right? That's just a natural part of being a human being. That's what your faith is for. Your faith is to counteract your doubts. The disciples was with Jesus all the time. And they doubted how he could do this and how he can do that thing. <clears throat> but they knew that he was the Messiah. So your, your faith comes precisely to counteract your doubts. You having doubts about what can happen is why you have faith. Where do you get faith from? You get it from reading the Word of God. Guys, you know what? The biggest thing that I want the, the body of Christ to have is an experience with a living God. I think we're missing that. Because once you encounter him, you'll never be the same. Once you get to know him and he shows himself to you, 
you'll never be the same. It won't be that you won't sin again, but you'll never be the same. And guys, I want you all to understand something tonight. What I'm talking about tonight is not, I'm not challenging anybody's salvation. I'm not challenging whether anybody's saved or not. I'm talking about to the degree and the quality at which we live this life. Okay? Um, so what, what can we do? I told you, that the devil's not, he's not impressed with our prayer groups. Keep in mind now, remember when uh, the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness? What did he use? He said, if thou art the son of God. He used the word of God. He's not afraid of the word. Actually, he tried to use the word against Jesus. This is the same Satan also appeared in heaven before Almighty God to accuse Job. So you think he's scared of God? He's not. Guys, I'm trying to tell y'all, all this uh, religious things that we're doing. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question. So Blair, you going up and down 17, and for the third time in the month, the same state trooper pull you over because you're going 74 in the 60. But you know what he does, Blair? He gives you three warning tickets. What's the odds that she's going to slow down? So, guys, we round here. And I got God's work. Yeah, right here. But it ain't here. It ain't in our hearts. He said we got to meditate on his word day and night. How many of you meditate on his word? I'm, try, I'm trying to help you with your upgrade. I'm trying to help you with your upgrade. How many of you? See, see, so you know what happens? You know what happens? And what is my point on all this? What happens is we live this life and we, and we say, look, we believe that God's a healer, but your aunt still died. We say we believe God's a healer, but your foot's still hurting. And James, who not saved, who you work with, saw you pray about it and see you're still limping. So, so we live this life. There are no miracles. There are no breakthroughs. Our life is just like the guy who down the street, except we here on Sunday and he watching football. So, yeah, you, you can keep living a settled life. That's, you, you can do that, but why would you? Why wouldn't you want to live to fulfill life? Think about your children. Don't you want them to grow up? Like people would ask me, like, our last child is kind of left home. Sandra, help me. Um, but people come and say, hey, how do y'all feel about being empty? I say, I love it, man. Oh, don't you? No, I don't. No. Go grow up. Do grown people things. Quit sending me cash at request. Grow up. You can do that. No, I don't want you here. I want to be able to cut the heat off up, upstairs. I'm not mad with you. We've done our job. Thank you. Have a great day. Love you. Take care. Get off my phone plan. <laughs> I'm not mad. I want you to grow up. Guys, how do we feel when our kids say, and they grown, I mean grown, grown. I don't want to live with you for the rest of my life. Seriously? No, we don't want that. Why? Because we want you to grow up and mature and become something. 
Guys, God has more in store for us. But listen, I'm going to give you a breakthrough tonight. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know what our problem is? We think because we have needs that God's supposed to respond to our needs. God see my feelings hurt. What he going to do? God saw that I was done wrong. What he going to do? God see that I got this bill and it needs to be paid. What he going to do? God see I got this way with child who not doing right. And he see me over here praying. He see me praying. What he going to do? Guys, we, we miss it. See, God does not respond to our needs. If he responded to our needs, we wouldn't have any. If all you had, if all we needed for God to respond was to have a need, then Ian, we wouldn't have any needs. God does not respond to our needs. You know what he does? Listen to me now. God responds to our response to our needs. So check this out. My dad is like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because he's my dad, but he's like, he, he's, he's just a different guy. Like, they only make like one of those a generation. Like, he is really that type of guy, okay? Um, so he, 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 re, he rebuilt like his first engine when he was 10 years old. Like, yes, like, yes, like, yes, yes. Don't ask me stuff like that. <clears throat> so he was in high school. They used to call him into, out of class to go in the garage to fix engines. He's like that, Ian. Like, if anybody know him, he's like that. Like, he's a brilliant man. So anything mechanical, he got that. So I'm at his house, right? And I'm fixing brakes. I'm over at his house because he got more tools than me. And um, <laughs> so I'm over there changing brakes. And Ian, I'm on this brake, and I'm changing it, and it ain't going back into, you know, the little grooves of the thing. It was disc brakes. It ain't that hard. You know, the hardest part normally is getting them off, right? So, yeah, I'm trying to put it back together. And, and, and I look at Dad. And I've been down there like an extra hour. And he just looked at me. And he kept on doing what he was doing. Ian, what was I thinking? Dad, hello? I'm here. I should be done. You see me. You know what he did? He kept on going. <laughs> when I got tired of my way, I said, Dad, will you help me? He said, yeah. He came, yeah, he came, he came right on over. Showed me what I was doing wrong. 20, 30 minutes later, back on. You know what I'm saying? My dad saw my need. But he was asking me, are you going to be humble enough to ask me to help you? Or are you going to keep trying to do it yourself your own way? So we get mad because God don't respond to our needs. God said, listen, you ever heard something because you got to have some skin in the game? You ever heard somebody say that? Do you got no skin in the game? What, what, what does it mean to you? We keep asking God, what do our problems mean to him? And God said, what do they mean to you first? I'm good. I'm up here in heaven, chilling. What, is, what does your life mean to you? Guys, why do we want our problems to be more important to other people than they are to us? Okay, you don't have to answer that. So, guys, what can we do to upgrade? So I'm just, let me just get into that. What can we do to upgrade to do on our prayer life? Again, like I told you, the devil doesn't, he doesn't care that you pray. He does care 
when, you, when your prayers reach heaven. He does pray. He does get agitated, and he wants to clock out early when you pray effectually, when you pray fervently, when you keep praying despite what you see. You keep praying because you know that God has answered prayers before, and he'll do it again. Let me help you out in your prayer life. <clears throat> I want you all to all imagine um, all these older adults when your kids were little. And I want you to imagine them saying something like this. You have promised them a bike or whatever that, that toy was. Okay? But they haven't received it yet. Now, I want you to imagine if your children came to you and said something like this. Mama, I had not got that bike yet. But because I know who you are, I can't wait for it to get here. Good gracious. Huh? Talk to me. Wouldn't that pump you up? And I mean, and they're honest and sincere. I mean, that my, my, I, can't, I can't wait to ride that bike with my friends. I appreciate you and thank you. And mom, I want to go ahead and thank you for the little tricycle that you gave me two years ago. I appreciate it. Do y'all feel me? That's how God, so listen, go to God and thank him for what he's already done. I'm talking about your upgrade. I'm talking about how you get better. I'm talking about how you go from watching cable with wires everywhere to, to direct TV. This is why I'm trying to help you get there. You can watch TV, yeah, but why not make it a great experience? Why not have people want what you got? Not because of you, but because it's available to you. So listen, if anybody knows anything about me, I drive to work what's called a beater, Ian. My purpose for a car, for the most part, is to get me from A to B. That's how I look at it, Ian. I got old gold chicken nugget out there. <laughs> not, not, not out there, but... So I don't want to let me drive it here. But um, <clears throat> if we can help. So I, I'm not sure, Ian, but I think I might be almost allergic to car payments. But I, I normally, if you know me, I drive a beater most everywhere I go. Like, I find a car for cheap, and I just put as many miles on as I can. So, <clears throat> but the Lord is bringing this thing to me today. Why do I do that? So from my perspective... It's a car, it's reliable, and I don't have a lot invested in it. But guys, you know what I realized just today? That Ian, I wouldn't drive a beater to work if price wasn't, a, if money wasn't a factor. Come on. <laughs> if money wasn't an object and I can afford a really nice car as my beater car, as my two-work car, I would have that. If, if money was, guys, why is money an object? Because I allow it to be. I'm settling. So Ian, here's what I said in the past. Well, look, the Lord made a way for me to get this car. Like, I, I really need to be good with it. You know, I want to be a good steward of it, right? Y'all sound familiar? Y'all do stuff like this? Like, I, I just can't just, you know. And I do this with vehicles. And I realize that's not from God. You know, I, I get to the point where it's like, okay, it needs four tires and an engine. It's not worth four tires and an engine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so what I need to be saying is, hey, what I have is the Lord's. And Lord, you know what I need. And you will provide. And I'm going to trust you to provide. I'm making myself eligible for an upgrade. 
And Lord, if you decide to give it to me, I'll take it. I'm not going to turn it down because I'm so, you know, so well, you know. Nah, listen, man, if you want to give me a, a Maserati and you're going to pay the payment, in the, I'm good. Y'all work with me right now. I'm about to go somewhere. Y'all let me finish. How many times have I heard preachers, have you heard preachers speak against the prosperity gospel? I'm a, listen, now let me finish, like I said. Okay, whatever. I, I, I get that. The gospel needs to be centered around Jesus Christ, lived, crucified, rose again. That's, where, that's the base of our salvation, right? Y'all remember in, in Psalms where it says, the poor will be with you always? Y'all remember that song? It said, the poor will be with you always. Well, if the poor is with me, that means I'm not them. I don't have to leave, live a poor, defeated mindset. Listen, why do we have people that speak against the prosperity gospel, but they don't have a problem with the pro- poverty spirit? Oh, come on now. Why is it okay for us to live in poverty and we never speak against that? How many people you ever heard speak against poverty? You being in poverty, that you don't have to accept that. Y'all do me a favor. Sometime tonight, and I want you to do this for all your kids and your grandkids, especially your young kids. I want you to take them and just look on the internet. You can Google it. Just look up an investment calculator. Okay? And I want you to put in there, and it'll ask you this thing. It'll say, well, how much you want to put down for how many months uh, and how much you can contribute and what percent. So I'm just, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, so I'm going to be off a little bit. So you, you decide that at 25 years old that you can save $300 a month. Okay? And you're going to do that for the next 30 years. So from 25 to 55, you're going to save $300 a month at 8% interest. Guys, you know how much you're going to have? About $400,000. Anybody ever teach us that? Who can do that? Nearly everyone we know. They're living with us anyway. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, why, why, can't, why can't the average person do that? Because they don't set their mind to do it. We're too busy blaming people and, and my grandma and, and my situation. And we don't, we just, we're settling. Go make your clothes, boy. Okay. Nah, I'm not making my clothes. I'm going to live so well, somebody else is going to make me my clothes. <laughs> Guys, can I, can I just make a challenge here, how we can upgrade our spiritual life? Can we get out of the mindset of just coming to church? Not just to be here, but to participate. Not to spectate, but to participate. We are a body. How many people come to church with the mindset, man, I wonder what the, pra- the pastor is going to preach on today. Man, I, I wonder what the, what the praise band is going to sing today. That's all good. Those are good questions. How many people come to church saying, I can't wait to contribute today? Not just with my wallet, but I'm going to pray for the service when I get up this morning. 
I'm going to see what the auxiliary needs are in the church. Guys, this has to be a school. We have to come here to get better. We have to come here thinking that what's said, what's taught is going to be life-changing, Ian. That is going to change the way. Like, guys, how many times have you found a scripture and you read it once and you read it twice? Guys, how many times have you personally read the book of Ruth? Lisa, you, you've read those passages before. You had never read the book? Okay, your time's coming. Guys, I read the book, book of Ruth several times. I read those passages. It's the first time I seen that. that. That was really about Naomi. It's been there the whole time. What happens? You got to immerse yourself in this word. What's going to happen if you don't? Will you still live? Yeah. Will you still be a Christian? Yeah. But you'll be a settler. Giving people salted meats. What do y'all do in church? Well, we have three songs in the pastor preaching. Okay. I can do that online. Why should I go there? Guys, y'all realize that people are making those decisions and they plan to never go back. Y'all do realize that, right? That's what we're facing. We're facing that time now. So let me just say this to you at home who watch your services from home. And listen, I know there's um, things going on with uh, COVID and all these types of things, but a lot of y'all weren't coming to church before COVID. Let's be real. Here's my thing. And I realize some of you have health conditions and, you, and you, you're nervous about being around a bunch of people. I get that. I understand that. But if you're not in church, if you're not actively participating in a church, at the very least, your heart should be pained. You should be grieving that you can't fellowship with your brothers and sisters. It should grieve you. That should bother you. There should be something that grieves you about that. And if you're not grieved or not challenging your salvation, I'm challenging your participation. And you're going to have to answer for why you're not here. Not, you don't have to worry about the pastor sending you an email. I'm not going to send you one. But what I'm trying to tell you is that God intended for us to be a body. There is, you will not find any passage in the New Testament where God gave the church a reason not to meet. Our brothers and sisters around this world, in China, in different countries, cannot get together without fearing for their life. We're choosing not to get together for whatever reason. Like I said, I'm not challenging all your reasoning. But you got to know yourself. Like I said, a lot of you had this attitude before COVID even happened. It just gave you an excuse to reveal what was already in your heart. And I'm just being real with you. I'm talking about an upgrade. How many relationships you've been in where the other person didn't want to be with you? <laughs> How'd that work out? Lord, like I know, Lord, like I know you my saving everything and we're cool like that, but uh, you know, you being my Lord, like I, I got a little issue with that. How'd that work out? Then you wonder why, then we wonder why things don't happen for us like they should, like the Bible said. Why why are these things in the Bible, but they don't happen for us because we don't believe it and we don't apply it. I won't finish. So I'll wrap up here. <clears throat> Colossians 1 and 28 says, He is the one we proclaim, 
admonishing and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Guys, you know what? I can go home. Do y'all remember this? <clears throat> when, when, you, when you had your baby and you was feeding them that milk, right? And there came a stage in the life just a few months later where you had to start putting that oatmeal. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? So you had to put oatmeal in there. And then, and then you had to put so much oatmeal you had to cut the, the nipple. Do y'all, do y'all remember that? Like I remember them days. Because the milk, and they, they eat that milk, and they be like, eh. like a few hours later, like, what the world? I just fed the boy. They want more, more oatmeal. So you get to the point where, Ian, it's time for food. So you start giving them little table scraps. You know what I mean? They start eating. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all do remember these things, right? So, you, so right now, you're 67 years old, and we still got to spoon feed you with some Similac? And you blaming the world, you blaming your boss, man, you blaming everybody but yourself for why you haven't grown. You still calling it one Corinthians. So listen, there, there are some, listen, I get it, God knows your heart, yes he does, and, and that's, that's probably not a good thing. Um, so here's the deal, like, it's okay, like, and I get it, like, our relationship with God is personal. But God, there should be some outward signs that we are believers. There should be some things that we do outwardly. People shouldn't have to guess and know whether we love the Lord God or not. It should be something about us. We got to have an upgrade in our life. And we got to be tired of just going through the motions. We got to be tired of the faceless doll. We got to be tired of the, of the rope and the stick. We got to be tired of saying, Lord, you know what? I know there's more for me and I'm willing and I receive it and I accept it in Jesus' name. When people see me, they're going to see you. That's what I'm I don't want to be a better version of myself because that was a bad guy. I want to be a reflection of the sun. I'm going to upgrade my life. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend some more time with him. I'm going to spend some more time with him. He says, seek me. Upgrade. I'm talking about upgrading, right? The Bible says, seek me early and you'll find me. Are you getting up early? Come on now. I'm trying to help. Don't be mad, which I'm just asking you questions. Do you get up early? You haven't got your prayer answered, right? You've been getting up at 6 30. You haven't got the prayer answer. Try getting up at 5 30. Have you tried that? No, you hadn't. So quit blaming him. He said, Seek me early. You're going to find me. You still haven't found him. You ain't got up early enough. Bible says in 2 Corinthians, it says, casting down imaginations and every vain thing that exalts itself against God. What are you allowing in your mind to exalt itself against God? Well, that's just the way my mind works. Well, tell to quit working that way. You tell your mind what to think. Don't let it tell you what to think. We're not going to think about Krispy Kreme. We're not. We're going to think about vegetables and water and not Mountain Dews and Sun Drops. We're not. Guys, listen. <laughs> I told Sean this morning, got in, in them jeans, I said, mm, <laughs> thing a little tight. <laughs> thing washing machine and drive, one of the things. <clears throat> I don't need to be praying over the ham hocks in, asking God to remove the calories. I just need to push the plate away. Or I need to get up and exercise. You understand? Like, Lord, please. 
let this Big Mac be less cheesy than the last one. Seriously? Seriously? Then we blame God? We blame the doctor? Doctor don't know what he's talking about. He went to school for eight years and been practicing for 20. What? what? All right. I can't finish, so I'm going to just stop here. Um, so listen, <clears throat> as we close, I just want to challenge you all tonight not to settle. God got great things planned for your life, but you got to be in agreement with God. You got to be in agreement with God. Quit taking things to the Supreme Court of your mind and letting it overrule what God's word says based upon your feelings and your emotions and what happened to you. Just trust God. If he said it, if he said it, he meant it. Apply it to your life. He has no respect to a person. Say that. How many do you speak over yourself? Do you speak over yourself? Do you, do you speak great things over yourself? Let's start there. Like, Lord, for some reason, you redeem me. Thank you. Change the way you change the way you see things. You can do that. Be a positive person with people around you. Do they want to be around you? Do they have to be around you? Hello. That was a question. When they see your name on the invite list, they go, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do y'all, y'all just listen to people sometimes. You've been in a room with them, and, and the first thing they say is, well, there's rain in the day. Like the pastor said, y'all remember when, when he said Lazarus got out the ground and said, Lazarus, you think Trump going to win it? Like, no, he's not. Like, he's happy to be alive. Like, guys, we should be excited that we can, that we can come here, that we can see, we can breathe. Like, thank God for what he's already done. Upgrade. That's an upgrade. Quit complaining about what you don't have and thank God for what you do have. Like, be thankful. I don't get paid the next Friday. That's a great thing that means you're employed. My stimulus check didn't come. Thank the Lord you're a U.S. citizen. <laughs> I mean, what? I... The grateful and the redeemed are full of praises. Guys, y'all, y'all, y'all not going to do anything to make me not love him. Y'all not going to do anything to make me not adore him. He's been too good to me. In. I don't deserve that woman saying. I promise you that. I promise you. If it was based upon my merits and my goodness, <laughs> it's a little more than what you see on these pages. But God good like that. And I bless him and I thank him. He's good like that, Tim. I'm trying to tell you. People ought to be able to see that in my life. There's one of my favorite songs that said, uh, I can see the evidence of his goodness all over my life. Good God Almighty. I feel that way. I try to live that way. God has been good to me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this time together tonight, Lord. Lord, forgive us for settling, Lord God, and just going along to get along, Lord. You have great things for us, Lord God, and we receive them. We accept them, Lord, and we're going to walk in them, Father. Lord, we just bless you tonight. There's no one like you, Lord, and we adore you and lift you up, and we give you great praise tonight, Father. And we just bless your name.
and we exalt you and honor you, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to seek to have a closer, deeper, richer walk with you, Lord. Father God, thank you for your church. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Lord, for the precious Holy Spirit. And again, God, we just honor you tonight and give you all the praise and the glory in your son's name. Amen.